The crisis is over as New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley has agreed to sign a modified one-year franchise tag offer. I'm going to give you all the details on that, plus what it means and some fallouts. Plus, we're going to take a look at key storylines that I'm going to be watching now that the Saquon Barkley situation has been resolved as New York starts summer training camp this week. All that more coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, and a camp and we will go, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Giants starting training camp on Tuesday. Uh, first practice, of course, being Wednesday. I will be there. I will be there most of the summer, not all of the summer, to bring you updates. But we've got some big news. That's right. Crisis averted. Saquon Barkley has signed with the New York Giants. I'm going to break all that down for you on today's show. I'm also going to talk about um, what's next, the the fallout, if you will. And I'm also going to give you a little insight into some of the storylines I'm going to be watching now that the Saquon situation has been resolved. So that's the agenda on today's program. And this episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicles. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, let us get into the big storyline. Saquon Barkley signing a one-year modified franchise tag deal. So I'm going to break down the numbers for you in just a moment. But before I do that, I just want to talk a little bit about this development, which was one of the scenarios that, you know, I thought would make the most sense to avoid bitter feelings, to avoid, you know, all kinds of problems. And uh, apparently Saquon and his party agreed. Now, what this does for Saquon, I think, is a couple things. Saquon always talks about, you know, gambling on himself. You know, I'm the best running back. You know, he said that in that Money Matters podcast a few weeks ago. Now's an opportunity to prove it because, look, had Saquon sat out and just, you know, I don't want to say held his breath until his, his face turned blue, but that's kind of what it was like, I thought. The fact of the matter is, is that he wasn't going to get the type of deal he was looking for now that the deadline passed on July 17th. Sitting there and having these coalitions with running backs, which he reportedly did earlier in the week, um, a group that was led by Austin Eckler, it wasn't going to change anything. You know, unfortunately for the running backs and for the rest of the players, for that matter, the NFL CBA is what it is. And it's not going to change really until the next one comes up. So I'm really not so sure what these coalitions would accomplish, what holding out would have accomplished. You know, it, it just seems like a losing battle for running backs. And, you know, it's unfortunate because they do 
partake in a big chunk of the of the offense. You know, they not only carry the ball, they also um, are receivers. They also block. And if there's a turnover, they have to make tackles. So they're doing just about everything. Um, and they're not being paid. And that's probably because the league is gravitating to more of a passing league. That's why you see, you know, quarterbacks and receivers and, and to an extent blindside tackles getting paid the big bucks on the offensive side of the ball. So really, you know, there was no other choice here, I, as I see it, for Saquon. You know, he could have sat out and he could have said, okay, Giants, see how you do without me because I was a big part of your offense last year. But that's not who Saquon is. And, you know, all these narratives that, you know, painted him as greedy or selfish, they just weren't fair to the young man. Look, in the past, Saquon has said time and time again that he loves ball. He loves playing with his teammates. He loves everything, you know, about the game. And, you know, when he said, you know, gee, I might have to contemplate sitting out training camp, I kind of, you know, I was optimistic that maybe a deal would get done to avoid that because I never got the sense that Saquon wanted to do that. I don't think he wanted to do that. And, you know, look, this is a guy who remember when he missed, you know, the better part of two, I, I want to say two seasons with the, the knee issue that he had. He lamented about not being out there, about having the game that he loved taken away from him. And now, you know, he was facing a choice here with this contract standoff that he was involved in with the Giants of voluntarily taking the game away from himself. And I just, you know, there was a part of me that always hoped that that would not come to fruition, that somehow cooler heads would prevail. You know, the option that I had talked about on this show and I'd written about over on Giants Country was maybe the two sides could come to an agreement that, you know, on the one-year tag would boost the total up to $11 million, which was reportedly the last APY offered to Barkley uh, before the July 17th deadline, the contract that he turned down. And that maybe they could agree on, you know, a one-year franchise tag deal for $11 million. And that would, you know, kind of get everything moving forward. That's what they ended up doing, ladies and gentlemen. They agreed to a one-year modified franchise tag deal. By the way, this is the first time since 2005 that an NFL team and a, and a franchise tag player has has taken this route. I think the last time um, it was uh, Edwin James of the Colts in 2005. He was the last player to agree to a modified franchise tag deal. So it's not a tactic that is done very often. I'm surprised it's not done very often, but, you know, look, teams are, you know, they, they, they do what they need to do with regards to their individual salary caps. So here we are with Saquon. He has signed a one-year deal. He is in camp that avoids a huge distraction, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, look, Brian Dable and Joe Shane, both of whom are scheduled to talk to the media on Wednesday to open up, you know, the first day of practices of training camp, they were going to be asked about it. No, no question about it. The players were going to be asked about it. It was going to be a lingering topic, and rightfully so, because people wanted to know, you know, where did the players stand? You know, what was the latest? What were they hearing? Now that is a distraction that is gone. You know, Saquon will probably speak to the media. He'll probably, you know, give some very insightful and thoughtful quotes like he always does. And then that will be the end of it until, you know, we see we get into the season and we see how close he will be to matching um, some of the numbers that have been reported. 
So bottom line, Saquon Barkley signs his one-year deal. Now, what did he sign for? What's what's the dollar amount? Uh, I'm going to break all that down for you in the next segment that's coming up right after this. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can sometimes drag us down, leaving us with more questions than answers. Life-changing decisions and events can challenge our coping skills and call our confidence into making decisions into question. BetterHelp can provide you with the guidance you need to become empowered in your decision-making process. BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you find that your therapist isn't a fit for you, then you can switch at any time for no additional charge. So let BetterHelp step in and guide you towards finding your way during those difficult times in your life. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. You got Patricia Trena. And uh, this is technically my Wednesday show, but I'm dropping it on Tuesday because I know a lot of you have questions about Saquon Barkley, the new contract. What do the numbers mean? What are the numbers, actually? We're going to talk about that. And what does this mean for Barkley and the Giants going forward? So I'm going to break all that down for you now in this segment. And then coming up a little later on in the show, we're going to talk about training camp now that the Barkley uh, storyline has kind of been resolved. We're going to talk about training camp and what I will be watching starting on Wednesday when the Giants take the field. So uh, training camp coverage coming at you uh, fast and furious from this point forward. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast. It is appreciated. And a special shout out, by the way, to my everydayers, to my newcomers and everybody in between. I love you all just the same. So thank you so much for making us possible here at the Locked on Giants podcast. Let's talk about Saquon's numbers. All right. So just to kind of recap a little bit, Saquon's contract, original franchise tag contract was $10.1 million. The Giants were comfortable with having him play on the $10.1 million. The final deal is now worth a reported $11 million, which was the APY, average per year, of the last contract that was put on the table to Saquon prior to the July 17th deadline, the contract that he basically turned down. Now, what the Giants did in this contract, this modified um, franchise tag, which, by the way, I think is brilliant. <laughs> I mean, this is just, the more I looked into this, the more I, I'm, I'm sitting there going, wow, this is brilliant. So the Giants included up to um, $900,000 in incentives. So let's do the math real quick here. $10.1 million, which was the original franchise tag. And by the way, in that $10.1 million that Saquon signed, he's getting $2 million, uh, $2 million signing bonus. So the Giants, two. A uh, two million signing bonus, ten point one million uh, base, and then up to nine hundred thousand dollars in incentives, which, by the way, are tied into the playoffs. On top of everything, and we'll talk about the incentives in just a second, but that's where you get the eleven million, which again is the same APY number that Barkley turned down before um, the the start of the before the deadline, the July seventeenth deadline. So. The Giants basically got Barkley at the price they were looking to get him at. Now, what are the incentives? 
there are likely to be earned incentives in here and not likely to be earned incentives. So let me just start off by defining what the two terms mean for those of you who maybe don't know. Likely to be earned means that the player accomplished the number in the previous season. Not likely to be earned means that he didn't accomplish the number of this particular incentive in the previous season. So in Saquon's case, he has a likely to be earned incentive of rushing yardage. If he hits 1,300 rushing yards this season minimum, he will get um, a bonus. Last year, Barkley, I think, had, I want to say, 1,312 rushing yards. So that is considered a likely to be earned incentive because he's done it before. He did it last year. All right. So likely to be earned, not likely to be earned is based on the previous year's um, activity and, and accomplishments. The not likely to be earned incentives are touchdowns and receptions. So Barkley, if he has 11 touchdowns this season and 65 receptions, he will get an additional bonus. They're not likely to be earned because I think he had um, 10 rushing touchdowns, I think, last year. And I want to say 57 receptions. So the Giants are basically saying, okay, this is all tied into the playoffs. You know, we're not going to just cut it off at, at training, you know, at, at the regular season. We're going to extend this through to the playoffs to give them the most opportunity to make up, uh, to, to make and reach these incentives. So the $900,000 uh, that includes the incentives, that's divided by three. So it's going to be 300, 300, and 300. If Barkley does not reach the not likely to be earned incentives, the Giants, you know, they don't have to worry about it next year. All right. The, so the way it works is likely to be earned incentives hit the current year's cap. So right now, three an extra $300,000 is coming out of the cap, the Giants cap for Barkley, because, um, you know, the assumption is he's going to reach that total. The not likely to be earned or the $600,000 for the other two incentives, if Barkley reaches them, that hits 2024. If he doesn't, it's like it never happened. So there's a little bit of cap maneuvering here involved with these incentives and, and how this contract is structured. Pretty ingenious, I think, because the Giants, you know, look, they had a set price in mind for Barkley. They're going to pay him. In, in, in retrospect, as far as their cap goes, instead of 10.1, it's more like 10.1, um, 10 about 10.4. So you're not talking a whole lot. Because remember, this is a giant team. It doesn't have a lot of cap space right now heading into the summer. At last check, I think they were under three, I want to say they were about 3.5 million, maybe, maybe less. So they got to get through the rest of the summer. And we are seeing... You know, they're they're adding guys, you know, at the bottom of the roster. They've added Cole Beasley. They've added Brandon uh, Bryant, the defensive tackle. They just added uh, Tashawn Bauer. As I record this, uh, just before I started recording this, Tashawn Bauer, who's an outside linebacker. So the Giants continue to tweak their roster. And, um, you know, with, with guys that are going to be on, you know, they're going to have guys on pups. So they've added guys in uh, to, to the roster. So, the Giants are going to need to get some more money, and um, I think they will once they um, they cut some of the guys that are on one-year deals, veteran minimum deals, 
So, you know, we'll see what it comes out to. But the but what I'm getting at here is that the Giants, I don't think, wanted to really go crazy with spending on Barkley. You know, Barkley always talks about gambling on himself. Come, you know, he takes pride in his workouts, coming in into camp in shape, all that good stuff. Here's his opportunity to once and for all prove, just you know, continue to prove that he is indeed valuable. All right. Now, this year, the Giants have added guys to help out with the offensive production. Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell. Um, they have guys returning, obviously, Daniel Bellinger, uh, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. So the thinking here is that maybe Barkley doesn't have to carry the whole load of the offense on his shoulders. You know, last year he accounted for, I want to say, 30% of the offense, the offensive production. I don't anticipate that will be the case this year, assuming everybody stays healthy. Now, of course, we'll see if that's what happens, but I don't know that that's going to be the case for Barkley moving forward. And that would be a good thing, actually, because Barkley, um, you know, he carries such a heavy load and he really takes a beating. So, you know, if you want to have him fresh for the playoffs, you want to make sure that, you know, he doesn't take quite the beating that he's been taking in the past. Because even last year, despite the fact that he made it through the entire season without, you know, missing time due to injury, he did have a shoulder issue that he had to deal with. So it's just overall, this is a smart move. And, you know, I'll say one last thing about the Barkley, you know, contract. Had he sat out, I think that would have hurt his brand. You know, Barkley is very cognizant of his brand and how he's perceived. And, you know, this is an opportunity to come in. You know, people talk about endorsement opportunities. I think if he had stayed away, it would have been out of sight, out of mind. Because if you look at the the Giants franchise and how it's kind of, you know, evolved, the face of the franchise could easily now be Daniel Jones, who signed a long-term deal, Dexter Lawrence, who signed a long-term deal, you know, maybe down the line, Deontay Banks, if he if he proves to be successful. Um, so the tide has turned. And usually from a marketing perspective and an endorsement perspective, sponsors go for guys who maybe are, are going to be around for a while. And that wasn't really going to be the case with Barkley. Now, that's not to say that Barkley will lose out on endorsement opportunities. He will have them, I'm sure. But, you know, by now reporting and showing that, you know, he's going to play and everything, he just helped himself in that area. So that was very important, I thought, for Saquon Barkley to, to um, you know, to get into the camp. Um, one last thought on Barkley. I believe now the $11 million puts him in the top five paid running backs this year in terms of APY, which is, you know, look, Barkley – has, you know, always thought of himself as a top running back, which he is, you know, is he the number one running back? I mean, you can debate that if you want, but he's in the top five as far as compensation. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's another win for him. So overall, huge, huge day for the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley, eliminating a distraction that just would have, you know, I think would have been unbearable after a while to cover and to, to hear about and read about and whatnot. Um, and just, it restores harmony in the locker room because the important thing is, is that, and I'm not saying that 
there was, you know, bitterness in the locker room or guys saying, oh my God, look at how the Giants are treating our most valuable player. But by reaching a compromise that sends a message down to the locker room that, look, they weren't going to just sit on their hands and say, okay, this is it. You play on the 10.1 million deal and take it or leave it. No, the Giants continued to work to come up with a solution with Barkley's representatives. They did that. And it just shows that, you know, there's two sides, you know, or at least the Giants side, they're not cold hearted, you know, what's that they will try to do what's best for the team, do what's best for the player while not destroying the cap and the long-term health of the team. So overall a win-win for both sides, in my opinion. All right, coming up next, let's talk about some of the training camp storylines that I'm interested in taking a look at. Maybe you are, maybe you're not, but we'll talk about a few of those things coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't already, check out our subtext community service. The subtext community allows me to communicate one-on-one with my listeners and my readers. And I really enjoy having that opportunity. Plus, I can send out instant alerts the minute I hear news, I can send it out to you. So for example, if you're waiting for when Saquon Barkley signs that contract, I can get that out to you just as soon as I know. The text service costs $4.99 a month. However, you can try it out for free for 14 days if you like it continue onward. If you don't like it, you cancel before your 14-day trial is over and owe nothing. And for a limited time right now with the code PTRAIN, you can get two months for the price of one. You'll want to have this service, especially during the summertime when things change and I have updates to pass out to everybody. So check it out today for details. Check out the show notes and I hope to see you in the subtext community. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. And of course, Saquon Barkley has signed. So uh, if you are on the subtext community, you've got that notice, um, as well as some other notices that I've been sending out. So um, do check it out. I mean, it's a pretty cool service. I enjoy it because I get to, like I said, I get to text directly with with the subscribers one-on-one, um, answer questions, put out special features. You know, if you saw the Mark Lewinsky interview I did, a couple shows ago, I gave the subtext community subscribers an opportunity to submit questions for Mark, and we included them in the podcast. So just some of the benefits and things that I want to do for those um, who, who have signed up for the subtext community, and I hope you'll try it out. 14 days free trial, and if you don't like it, you cancel and you owe nothing. All right. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host here on the Lockdown Giants podcast, and the New York Giants are in training camp. Yes, training camp is here. Finally. Was it me or was these last six weeks or so long? You know, usually the six weeks flies by, but I couldn't wait for them to actually fly by this year because I'm really excited about training camp. So I want to talk uh, in this segment about some of the storylines or some of the things I'll be watching in training camp. Now, some of them are obvious. Some of them maybe not so much obvious. So Obviously, now, as I record this, the Giants are going through their conditioning program. So I don't know who's going to end up on PUP, who's going to be limited. But obviously, the number one storyline is going to be the health of certain players. You know, 
Is uh, Wandale Robinson and, and Sterling Shepard, are they going to be ready for camp? I think they're going to start on PUP, by the way. I think Sean Robinson, defensive tackle, is going to start on PUP. I think it's possible that DJ Davidson, another defensive tackle, starts on PUP. You know, you kind of look at the signings the Giants have made over the last, you know, few days, and that could give you a little indication as to who's going to start on PUP and, and the health, the overall health of the depth at that position. So obviously that's going to be a storyline that I want to see. You know, there's some other guys that are coming off of injuries. Jason Pinnock, the defensive back. Um, I mentioned Ashawn Robinson, who's coming off the, the meniscus surgery that he had last year as part of the Rams. Um, trying to think there's some other guys. Uh, Joshua Zudo should be fine with the neck, but there's, there's some other guys. I think Ellerson Smith is another guy who missed, you know, the end of the season, Aaron Robinson. So that's going to be, a, you know, a big question mark as to where these guys are, because that's going to maybe influence who gets the reps and what to look for and so on and so forth. So that's obviously storyline number one that I'll be looking at. Storyline number two is depth and matchups. You know, I spoke about on previous shows about how the Giants now have much better depth on their roster to where they could play matchup football. and. I'm curious to see how that works now because, you know, it's going to be offense versus defense for the first, you know, couple weeks before they get into the, the joint practices with Detroit, but we'll see, you know, the different packages, the different deployment and just how it shapes up and how much better the matchups will be in certain situations. So that's something I want to take a look at as well. Another thing, some specific position comp, uh, competitions, Slot cornerback, I still believe they're going to go with a committee approach. Wide receiver, you know, they still have about a dozen, a baker's dozen's worth of receivers. How is that going to shape up? So, you know, we saw some things in the springtime which were creative. I want to see if they carry through to the regular season uh, and to actually to training camp and then the regular season. So we'll see how that works out. And then probably the number one thing, that I want to see, and we won't see it until the pads go on. And that is John Michael Schmitz and Evan Neal and how they handle that aggressive Wink Martindale defense. Now let's go back to last year for a second. You might've heard the stories about how Wink Martindale was basically encouraged by Brian Dable to throw the kitchen sink at Daniel Jones, just make it tough for him. And see how he responds. Because look, if you're going to make mistakes, you want to make the mistakes in practice. You don't want to make them during the games. And Daniel, to his credit, held up well. And he did what he needed to do. So that being said, I fully expect Wink Martindale to do the same thing, to test John Michael Schmitz, to test Evan Neal. All right. Now, with, let's start with Schmitz here. Schmitz, obviously, is a rookie. And, you know, I don't know how much he saw in college in terms of stunts and twists and exotic blitzes and stuff like that. But you could bet the mortgage that when the Giants played the Cowboys on opening night, Dan Quinn's going to throw everything he's got at that kid to make him, you know, make his head spin. So how important is it for the Giants to see, you know, to, to get him used to different looks and whatnot now? I think it's very important, and I think it's an underrated storyline going into summer training camp 
test John Michael Schmitz, throw everything you got at him, see how he handles it. If there are mistakes made, work with him to correct them. That's going to be important. Same thing with Evan Neal to an extent, even though this is Evan's second year, we all know last year he had a bit of a rocky, rocky year. How much more comfortable is he in his stance? Has he found a stance that works for him? You know, you're, you're going to see probably the Giants' best pass rushers line up across from him to test him. He's going to get inside moves, outside moves, spin moves. He's going to be rushed with power, with speed, everything possible to get this kid ready. And he's got to pass that test because if he doesn't, going to be a long year for that offensive line and for Daniel Jones. So those are two very under the radar um, aspects that I want to see that, you know, people might've mentioned offensive line versus defensive line, but I'm just expanding it a little bit more for you because I just think it's that important to see, you know, how those two guys hold up. Punt returner is another question. All right. Who's going to return punts now? They've got receivers who could do it. Jamison Crowder could do it. Can do it. Dornay Holmes can do it. Um, Dory Jackson could do it, but I don't think Adoree's going to be back there. I mean, you might see him catching the ball, but I don't think he's he's really going to be in consideration here. Who's going to be the punt returner? Because here's the thing, folks. Now with the kickoff rule in place, the importance of the kickoff returner. I don't think it's it's as important as it was in the past. Punt returner becomes more important. So the Giants better find themselves a guy who can get, you know, six, seven yards per return and not just be the type of guy that, oh, let's just hope he catches it and we'll be happy with that. So they got to get, you know, some more production out of that position because flipping the, the field last year was a problem for the Giants. The coverage teams was also a problem for the Giants. You know, they had guys, you know, they, they, I don't think they had a set gunner pair because of, you know, the injuries that were going on. So find your gunners and stick with them if you can. So who are those guys going to be? Is Jamie Gillen going to be more consistent? You know, you look at his performance last year and yes, part of it was on him, but a lot of it also was on the lack of the coverage. So that's an important aspect. And of course, for those who missed it, the Giants added um, Mike Adams, former NFL Pro Bowl defensive back as the assistant special teams coach to help out Thomas McGahee. And uh, they have another guy who's going to help with special teams. Name escapes me for at the moment, but they have another guy. So they basically have three special teams coaches to try and beef up that unit because that unit last year was not very good. It was not very consistent and they need to get that fixed. So the final thing that I'll be looking at is what from the spring that we saw makes it into the summer. You know, the springtime, I always talk about how that is a time to experiment with different looks and whatnot. So what made it in from the spring into the, the summer and what's going to make it from the summer into the playbook in the fall? So there'll be, you know, different formations and stuff. We saw some cool stuff that I thought, you know, I, I, I don't recall seeing, you know, in year one of this, this coaching staff. So we'll see what, what makes it over and how that, you know, all works out for the team um, as far as, you know, how effective they could be. Because we all know that the Giants want to be more um, explosive. They want to be able to hold on to the ball longer, um, moving the chains, all that stuff. 
and just basically taking the offense from level 101 to the next level and beyond because they've got to compete a lot better um, on offense than they did last year. And with that, Daniel Jones is going to have to take the next step forward in his development. So that's another thing we'll be watching. So many things to be watching. So, all right. Training camp coverage is here. It starts with tomorrow's show. I will bring you um, camp updates as quickly as I can. Um, I'll bring you the latest from from uh, the, the pressers. Make sure you are following me on Twitter at Patricia underscore trainer. Make sure you are following me over on Instagram at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A for video clips, audio clips, the whole nine yards. I will do my best to bring you as much as I can. And of course, make sure you, you check out the subtext community. Um, the information, if you missed it, it's in the show notes if you, where you can sign up. Um, so check all that out. Folks, I look forward to bringing you training camp coverage. I want to thank you again for tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you tomorrow, Giant fans.